Hello, Career Cohort. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Wong, founder of Words of Distinction. We talk about tools for achieving career success, inspirational stories about overcoming career and life challenges, and how we can recalibrate our perspective to better enjoy the journey forward. I wanted to just give a brief introduction to my conversation with Mark Anthony Dyson. The reason is we're talking about jobs reports, which could change week by week. And because this episode is dropping on August 22nd, and the conversation was actually on August 11th, not that much different, but... I wanted to give you a reference point. Not much has changed, but I just wanted that to be clear. So enjoy. Hi there. I'm really excited. I have a special guest today, Mark Anthony Dyson. He has an award-winning blog and podcast called The Voice of Job Seekers. Mark's featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Inc., Fast Company, and SiriusXM. He's written for Lensa.com, The Financial Diet, Payscale, JobHunt.org, and many other career sites. And Mark, I love your LinkedIn headline that says, Offer Compassionate Career and Job Search Advice as I Hack and Reimagine the Job Search Process, because I know you're a huge advocate of job seekers. And those are the types of people we like to have here. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invite. So, Mark, we're going to talk about what's hype and what's reality. How can we educate ourselves and make sure we understand the market as we target specific roles? And what do we have control over? And what can we do to create our own success? So, a few months ago, everybody was talking about the great resignation and how it was a seller's market, seller being the job seeker. And now the hot topic is about layoffs at big companies like Oracle, Microsoft, Walmart, and Robinhood. And even the big hirer, Amazon, is slowing down their hiring. So I'd really love to kind of sift through this and get to what's real versus what's the hype. Because I know when it comes to media, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So everybody's making this huge deal. And and let's talk about what's real. Okay. Hiring freezes or and layoffs are predominantly in our news cycle these days, largely because of the economic downturn that seemingly happens. On one end, we're hearing all these companies falling, but the other end, the latest jobs report says that we're only at three and a half percent unemployment, which means if you look at the discrepancy, you know, in one place the world is falling, next place, you know, it's hot. Which one is it? It can be both. These days the job market are splintered. And splintered in such a way that if you are not looking at your industry, you could be misled and you can grossly underestimate or overestimate the ability to apply to jobs and find them. 
One thing that most people don't have, in addition to not paying attention to the industry industry news specifically, is that they tend to overreact as well. So people react in a way that whatever the big headline is, when really you have to say, okay, what is my industry doing? Well, if you're in the hotel and travel industry, you know there are opportunities that are hot. You also know that if you're in tech, there might be some turbulence, but if you're paying attention, a lot of people are looking at about a million or close to a million jobs open in cybersecurity. So it can be both, just like the Yankees and the Mets losing and winning on the same day, because if there's a double header, then that's very possible as well. (laughs) So I think the I think the thing that people don't pay attention to is how does it apply to me? That's the first question. Never in the history of jobs, as long as I've been alive, and that's been quite a long time now, somebody says, oh, nobody absolutely is hiring. Absolutely not. Don't even bother to apply. That has never happened. So I think people tend to overreact and they tend to underestimate the market and what's in the industry, and the people are paying closer attention, they will hear what's the most important that it applies to them. Right. You know, I was just reading, a, there was an article in Forbes today, and it was talking about, okay, yeah, on the one hand, we have a quarter of a million people applying for unemployment. That was last week, right? That was the highest in nine months. On the other hand, another report came out that announced that there were 21% fewer job cuts in July versus June, right? So trying to sift through this information, and you raised a really good point, Mark, when you were talking about understanding your industry and also understanding your target career or your target job. Because at Oracle, now, I don't know that they're going to be hiring in other areas, but the the areas where they cut were marketing and customer experience. So what does that mean? Does that mean that there are too many marketing roles out there? I don't know that that's true either, because, you know, if we look at the broader labor market, there are a lot of other jobs out there at smaller companies who are not making the big news. Now, where I am in San Francisco, there are layoffs at tech companies. But as you said, cybersecurity is is a big deal right now. As well as if you look at nursing, there are tons of jobs because a lot of, a lot of nurses are leaving bedside and they're desperate. And from what I understand, hiring senior nurses, experienced nurses is quite a challenge right now. So if you're a great nurse and maybe you're a younger nurse, maybe it might be more viable for you to apply to the senior roles to see what actually happened because you might be able to get a senior salary right? and some senior perks. But at the same time, if you're underwhelmed in that training in certain areas, then you got to get down. So would I work an ICU nurse or am I going to work a, a medical surgical position you know, you got to look at the things that are going to matter to you. And if you're still, again, if you're somebody who is wide open and are just looking for a different opportunity, you haven't figured that out yet, 
the best way to approach is is to go figure that part out. Right. And if they don't have anything specific, it's going to be very hard to help them. Right. Um, one of the things that I always have, and I talk about this all the time, I'm more on the writing side mm-hmm. and coaching writing. But the one thing that I do always say is, you know, bring your target job description that you're looking at because when clients do that, they're more inclined to actually look at that company and make sure that company is a good fit for them. Besides the fact that they want to make sure there are actually jobs there or, you know, what's that culture like? What's the the forecast within that company? And I know you have some really good ideas about what we can do to understand the market. How can we research and take control of of our own knowledge to make sure we're not just, you know, getting these panic-inducing headlines. Right. And I think we're speaking to a a, a large, you know, as I said, the job market is splintered. So it's hard to give broad, base advice to fit everyone. I know those in the executive space look for jobs a whole lot differently, as they should, than somebody who is new to the market. So I think in general, the common thread is if you are networking on a regular basis, then you will have a much easier time than everybody else because you're using your connections to help you navigate the space and what jobs are available. So already you hear who's getting hired, who's not getting hired, and their experience in applying for jobs. So really, you're looking for the referral. Right. The referral is going to get you in the door at least to have a meeting. Now, the referrals can go a couple of ways. One is you can use that referral as a part of your networking strategy to do information interviews to see if a particular job or a particular industry is going to be viable for you. Is that's going to be something that's going to work for you? As you get more information from that, then you can go ahead and charge forward. If not, then you can use those pieces of information to help you navigate and get what you need so that you can apply successfully. And when I mean apply successfully, at least apply in a way that you can start to get meetings and interviews and have more conversations that will inform your thoughts, your strategy, and for you to move forward. So that's one big way that people are doing it across the board. If you're not involved in networking on a regular basis, and that's not a part of your MO, you got to make it part now. Absolutely. However, you also got to realize too that there's time, more time that's going to be involved. So if you haven't been and you're just going to start, then of course, I'm going to always recommend what all your other guests have recommend is that you need to get on LinkedIn and start building some relationships and start having some conversations. Don't worry about asking for jobs. There are some people you might be able to read the room in general, uh, people you connect with and say, hey, you know, this person probably wouldn't mind me asking some straightforward questions. The other people, though, they're going to very carefully because their reputation to who they refer is on the line. So they want to know why you would be a good fit and why you would even ask. Right. So you understand that the behavior and the culture is such that 
not everybody's going to invite uh, when you first meet them and connect with them. So it's best to go with familiarity and use that to help navigate the space. So really, you got the three ways is that if you're networking, you're going to be really successful. If you're not, you could still be successful, but it's going to take more time. You can use the networking information to navigate the familiar spaces, then maybe get the third, uh, fourth uh, person to introduce you to somebody that can hire, or you already had the familiarity where you can start and, and get going really quick. Then you use that information for informational interviews, or you're going to need to start from the very beginning and having a new LinkedIn profile, fill it out 100% all the way with a photo and start building some conversations around it, eventually building uh, some kind of network for you on LinkedIn. And as well, that could work for the other social networks. But LinkedIn, everybody knows this is the place where we talk about our careers and how to navigate the job search space. Right. And there are people like you on there who's constantly sharing great information and I think that, you know, the relationship part is so important and it's not something that, as you said, it just doesn't happen overnight. You have to nurture no. that relationship. And of course, start by, if you don't know that person, then you can ask for an introduction from someone who's in your first degree network. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, don't make it transactional, right? What can you, what value can you bring? And, you know... Something I just saw talking about adding value and building relationships, this is kind of ties into what just happened at uh, Oracle. There were a couple of people who, I mean, the people who are getting laid off are, are highly skilled employees and they have friends or connections even at Oracle who are broadcasting on LinkedIn, hey, so-and-so has these amazing skills can we can we connect you because they're part of the Oracle layoff? I just love that. And that person who's doing that broadcasting, think of the seeds that person is sowing amongst their the people they're helping. Someone like me who's reading that thinks that's a good person right there, right? That's the kind of person I'd like to have on my team. And you bring up an excellent point. This is something we have to understand as well about LinkedIn. Then your network is different than everybody else that's uniquely connected to you. In other words, if you are in tech, you're going to hear about tech jobs. If you have been in customer service or, or have been in management or if you're an executive, those are the people who are going to behave like you. So everybody in tech, they are obviously that network in your network. They have this idea that we help each other because somebody helped me. So I'm paying it forward or I'm reaching back. And that is ideal. That's great. We have to understand not everybody posts the same as well. So in your nice industry, which is a career industry, we help each other through content and through connecting and having conversations like these, even if they're not recorded. I don't know how many conversations I've been a part of over the years that where it's not recorded. We have LinkedIn threads or we have some other threads elsewhere in other social networks where we're giving information like on Facebook is the Facebook pages or Instagram. We know that 
we could speak a certain way and those people would understand. And I think there's something we really talked about is that you have to understand the personality of your network. You don't want to hear me. You can mute me or place me in a way, still stay connected, but place me in a way that you won't have to see my post as often, but see the post where you want to see it. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you're a job seeker, you want to see job postings, you want to hear some of the conversations and what makes me qualified for these positions or how I can get it. So you can set up your network in such a way and reach out to the people who are posting regularly. If there are people who aren't posting, you're probably not going to get a lot out of your news feed. So you're going to have to then maybe reach out to the people that you're most familiar with and depend on getting the introductions. And that's really trying to understand your network. So you have some time when you get into LinkedIn, then you can connect in such a way and connect in order the personality uh, of your network and your industry. And that will make more sense to you than just in general, expect everybody to be helpful that's not going to happen. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's an excellent yeah. point. And also, you know, where we're talking about posting, uh, this is a little bit tangential, but the fact that if you are seeking a role in a specific industry, it's always a great idea to post, even if it's not your own initial ideas. If you're a little shy, you can take an interesting article that's related to your field and maybe add a little sentence about it. It's about the conversation. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's about the conversation. What kind of conversations will put you in the best position? People are so bent that they think that they have to ask, ask, ask. When really, all you have to do is show, show, show. So if you have past work that maybe there's video of and it's maybe is public domain worthy, you can post that and say, I did this and I talked about this. Do you think I missed anything? Or the do you remember when we used to do this post? That brings along a lot of memories and just conversations as well. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of different ways that you can build conversation. It could be something you've written in the past, something you might you don't mind writing now, but basic, basically showing that you can do those jobs by building conversations around it. So that the trick is when somebody invites you to interview and they see that conversation, they're not asking you why you qualify. They're asking about the breadth of your qualifications. So it changes the, not only the conversation, but it also will change the way they look at how they are going to compensate you. It's not going to be if they can compensate you. They're looking at how should we structure your compensation. So you change those conversations very often by how you post and how much of a conversation you could build around it. If you don't feel like you could build a conversation around it, then you have to be prepared in the interview to answer some of those type of questions that where they would see if you're qualified. But I think that go by the personality of your industry, understand what it is, understand how it's going to be navigated so that when you get on LinkedIn, you have an idea of how you're going to go forward and present yourself and show up for your network and perhaps the rest of the world. And when you're following somebody of a specific in a specific role or specific company, you're following them and commenting on 
that that's how you nurture as well. You're yes. commenting on their posts as well. It's the interaction. Exactly. Yeah. Interaction both ways. The conversation is not just you talking. And sometimes for maybe the first month or two, there might be radio silence in some sense because people are trying to get used to you or get used to your voice or trying to understand you. But believe me, after a while, after jumping in and out of conversations and you get familiar with those first few people and they start to chime in, believe me, you'll start to get some traction and being more visible to employers that way. And then this helps you again, to your point, Mark, being known when there's that hidden job market that's not being advertised yes. because people are going to yes. know you and they're going to reach out to you and they're going to trust you. Yep. And then you also had, you know, talking about if there are rumblings within a company, there are websites you can go to, right? And I think I've heard you mention layoffs.com. Layoffs.com is one of a few. There's also layoffs tracker. Dot com. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, layoff online, but people can Google those and find those because a lot of these are boards where they're talking about different layoffs. So they'll go ahead and go to them and see if they hear anything about their particular company. And sometimes that even a good place where people start look at information about layoffs is Reddit. Reddit has what they call subgroups or subreddits where there's discussion about specific companies or specific industries and even st specific strategies that are working or not within the I industry. So you can use that. Quora is another one where if you're not looking about just layoffs, but maybe how to maneuver within a particular industry is where people will ask questions and they'll get answers from the community it takes interaction to get interaction on any of these social networks. So just be prepared to spend a little bit of time contributing and probably you're going to find that contributing more will get you more interaction. Right. And Quora is a good one for finding out. And I think layoffs does this too. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, that they also give you an idea of what the culture is like. Yes. And you can, and you can also just, Google using the hashtags on LinkedIn and Twitter, particularly Facebook and Instagram. LinkedIn doesn't have a long history. Twitter has the longest history because they're the first ones that I remember, at least at back from 2008, 2009, where hashtags were something that they can actually search and you can get the whole breadth throughout the time if the tweet hasn't disappeared for whatever reason or if the account is available. But using the hashtags, um, and of course, people want to search their names there as well, uh, using the hashtag. And that's one thing you could just do that in searching your reputation. Or if you might have said some things that broadcast it to a number of people, that's a good way to kind of look at your reputation and also to see if people have talked about you as well. Because if you don't have an account like on Twitter, People might have said some good things about you via the hashtag. So you look under hashtag Mark Anthony Dyson, you'll find mostly good things. <laughs> like good things. I've only so, found good things, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, that's where people can get, you know, a lot of great information 
about the industry as well. Yeah, excellent points. And also, besides educating ourselves, what are some other things that we can do to really take control over and, and get through this big media explosion of, of the bad news? What can we do to create our own success? Because really, whether it's a good economy or a bad economy, we have to be working on achieving our own success, right? So what are some tips that you have? You always develop your industry knowledge, expand it, uh, grow it. If you want to take the next step in doing that, then of course, other than the free information that's out there, of course, that's easy. The YouTube and some of the resources we mentioned, reading articles, sharing articles, creating conversations around it. Then you can go to places like Skillshare, Udemy, where you can get the information. If you, if you are on LinkedIn, there's LinkedIn Learning, and it's really inexpensive these days. In fact, some of the promotions, you catch the right, catch the right promotion, you can get a free 30-day or even 60-day sometimes LinkedIn Learning and get a certificate and you can move on. There are colleges who also have free information as well. And they've been doing it for a number of years, like MIT, Cambridge, even Harvard even has information. Now, understand that they're putting past free information. <laughs> they're putting information from their past courses, not particularly the present. However, you might find a few that way. But that's a really big area where they can develop themselves and use those opportunities to even continue to build the network. Right. And Coursera is another one. You can get the courses for free. If you want the certificate, you have to pay for the certificate. But all of these are accessible. Yeah. And a lot of jobs don't necessarily ask for a certification. They are looking for experience. So you take that information that you've gotten now and you volunteer. Yeah. And you use volunteering to help catapult your experience and make that resume worthy you can position it in a specific way that will help you appear qualified for a position. Understand if they're looking for six months of experience, a lot of them are not asking for five years experience in certain areas. And understand too that some of the new areas in tech and healthcare, these are new areas, so nobody has a lot of experience. So you can go ahead and volunteer to help jumpstart you and make you appear more viable as a candidate in those areas. And also, you can list your volunteer experience if it's relevant. You don't have to say you're a volunteer. You can say you just use this job experience. You put it under your experience section and if and if you have a gap, you put that in there and then you talk about all the money you raised, the, the way you helped with their digital media, their social, that type of thing. You put that in there, that fits perfectly. And then the people you volunteer said the only thing I require, I understand I'm not getting paid for it, but uh, it does help to get a reference letter. Yes. And a recommendation on LinkedIn. Get both. Yep. So that you can be more visible on LinkedIn, but also you can use that for the employer when they ask for references. Absolutely. They can go ahead and uh, use that person. That's a really good point. Okay. And then one of the things that you talk about is your job search should be your lifestyle. Can you mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit, Mark? These days it is because really we are using our mobile phones to do it. Now I've written about that 
for the past six years. And you'll find as early as 2016 where I say your mobile phone is going to be the catalyst for your job search. Think about it. You can do all the professional development via your phone. You can do informational interviews and networking using just your phone. You can find out what's going on in the industry through your phone. You can listen to podcasts, news, and any media that's broadcasting to a large audience or to a small one with your phone. Your phone is with you. It's part of your lifestyle. That's one of the things I say. The other thing is, is that networking is also your lifestyle. Networking doesn't have to be an event. It could be the conversation with the barber who just had a customer that just talked about his industry. Say, hey, could you give me an intro? Or you can just be bold. Say, hey, I'm glad you talked about what you just talked about because I'm trying to get in that industry. Or to have that conversation in at where you take your dry cleaning. People are always talking about their careers. Yeah. And it doesn't take a formal networking, say, I want to network with you. I had a, had a client once upon a time that said, let me go network with you. I'm going, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but I think people, but people have to understand that that's where the lifestyle part comes in, yeah. that you can already do it. These social sessions at, at, at church, at church, the conversations you've heard or the people that you already know who are working there, Go introduce yourself or ask for introduction. It's a part of our lives already. Yeah. So already we are doing these things. You know, we're waiting in line. We're reading these articles while we're waiting in the grocery line. You know, there are a few of us that still go to grocery stores. <laughs> I but do. I think that's or go to movies even. It's already ingrained in our lifestyle because we look at our phones for whatever reason all of the time. Yeah. So that's where it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting thing. So on the one hand, we don't want to have our face in the phone when we're out and about because we miss an opportunity to build a relationship, right? Yeah. What maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's waiting in the kindergarten line, dropping off our kids. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, that's absolutely true. On the other hand, if we're going to have our face in the phone, we could replace all of that doom scrolling that we're doing, right? Or the, you know, whatever else we're doing that's not helpful and start say, okay, I'm going to look at my phone, but this is what I'm going to be doing while I'm on my phone. I'm going to be doing my research. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it, you could do all of your research on the phone. And I think most people are more apt to attach to the phone and do everything anyway. Even if they're applying for a new credit card, they're using mm -hmm. their phone. Yep. It has a certain amount of security, and I hope people do have security software on the phone. Lord knows we don't want the privacy to be breached. But your phone is where you can get media, and you can also be the media now yourself. Yeah, it's amazing. And I just wanted to make one more comment. Once um, we were on Clubhouse together, you were talking about the fact that people – sometimes treat their job search like a season. It's true that people, they job search only as they see the need and they don't prepare for a year round job search or a lifestyle. In a sense, it, layoffs can happen anytime. They don't happen in one season. I mean, 
in many cases, there are laws that say that jobs have to announce that they're laying off, but it doesn't always happen that way. Right. And layoffs are not the only way that people lose jobs. And understand, too, that whatever the fallout may be, whether it's a layoff or you're being terminated or whatever, you have to be prepared. And the two ways you can always stay prepared, at least fostering your network and also developing as a professional. And having your resume and LinkedIn profile updated and sparkly. Yes. And that's that's the trick. Most people kind of put that to the side. But really, all you have to do is look at your phone app every few days, just every few days. If you wait a month, okay. If you wait a couple of months, okay. But if you're waiting longer than that, that might be okay. It depends on your network. If you if you see a network outside of LinkedIn, cool. What if you don't? Especially those who work remote, then you have to become familiar. Although, again, there are no set rules. It depends on your industry. We can't say it's this way or that way because it is so broadly splintered mm -hmm. in, in that respect. And I think people just have to know that you can keep your network and your opportunities in within reach yeah if you keep the engagement right and then one more thing i just want to add to that if you're out on a walk i mean i do this when i'm and you probably do this too mark when i'm on a walk and i'm out thinking with my dog if i have an idea for something i'm going to write i say it into my phone and if mm -hmm. If job seekers are out on a walk and they think, I have this amazing thing I did and I forgot about it, I'm going to record it. Google Docs is a great place to just drop your ideas into. You can record right into Google Docs now. You can speak that same information into Evernote. Mm -hmm. Or if you use a, a Apple phone, you can use Notes uh, to do that and keep your notes together. But the main thing is, is that you're taking that information and you're using it. If you take it and forget about it, you might as well talk to the wind. That's a really good point. <laughs> but, if you, but, it, but if you really want to keep, uh, you know, a log of your ideas or thoughts or something that will trigger you to act, then keep a log and then act on it. But don't forget to act on it. That's the, that's the key. That's a good point. Okay. So on that note... Mark, can you, now you are a top voice on LinkedIn, so that's probably where we want to start when people want to find you. Uh, yeah, people can look for Mark Anthony Dyson. You can also find me at thevoiceofjobseekers.com. And it was really great to have you, Mark. It was an honor to be here. Thank you very much. Likewise. It was a to get an invite. Yes. Well, I think it was really great to kind of sift through all this nonsense out there and understand what's really going on. <laughs> Keep the engagement. Yeah. And that's most important. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll be in touch soon. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Cohort. I'm Emily Wong. You can find all of my podcasts and blog posts at wordsofdistinction.net. And if you'd like to chat about how I can help you define the next step in your career, head over to the same website and book a time on my calendar for a free consultation to discuss how I can help you achieve your goals. Please be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue 
to bring you great content. Thank you.